Money FM 89.3. Best of the evening runway. Market View on Money FM 89.3. That's right, you're listening to Money FM 89.3 and it's now time for Market View where we take a look at how the Singapore stock market is likely to close for the day, the biggest movers, sectors and companies to watch. But as always, a quick recap of how we started. While Singapore shares were pulled into the green at the open after stocks on Wall Street and Europe closed the previous week higher. In early trade, the STI was up 0.2% after nearly 65 million securities changed hands in the broader market. The closing numbers are still firming up, but here's what I have on my screen. We do see the Straits Times Index back in the red. It is down 0.19% at 3,084 points. In terms of value turnover, that's $827 million. Gainers outnumbered losers, 315 versus 256. Top 5 movers by value, we have here DBS, UOB, Semco Industries, Singtel and OCBC. And heavily traded securities included C-Trim, SMI Vantage and Type Average. Now, in terms of companies to watch, we do have Singtel. The telco has secured its first green loan amounting to $535 million over a five-year tenor from Singapore's trail of local banks and Standard Chartered. Now, elsewhere from Singapore getting ready to list active ETFs to China Evergrande, granted an adjournment of a court hearing. More local and international headlines remain in focus and joining me on the line is David Kuo, co-founder of The Smart Investor. Mr. Kuo, welcome. Good evening, Jen. How are you? Good. And I suppose all's good with you if Chelsea winning? Uh, yes, thank you so much. Yeah, 3-2 against uh, Brighton and Albion yesterday. Right. Yeah. And let's start with the Singapore stock market. As usual, doesn't seem to be a winning day today. So how has the STI Fed so far? Any surprises when it comes to Cole Brothers Eco Engineering after that uh, recent cyber attack? Okay, I think primarily the Singapore market was what we would describe as being lackluster. Unlike, as you quite rightly said, Chelsea's win against uh, Brighton and Hove Albion yesterday, 3-2. Yeah, a great three points for us. Uh, Unlike Manchester United, which I didn't think did that that well. Mm. Okay, (laughs) so anyway, uh, uh, back to the Singapore market. Yeah, lackluster. And I think it's because uh, when we have a look at the American futures, uh, they look kind of directionless. And I think everybody's waiting mm. for some payroll numbers at the end of this week. Uh, everybody is still very worried or still very concerned about what the direction the Federal Reserve will take with regards to interest rates. So unless we get something positive coming out, I think it's going to be fairly lackluster for now. But back to Cole Brothers, interesting. I mean, this is only a small company, Ken yeah. Ken. It's only worth about 50 million Singapore dollars. Not that 50 million is insignificant, but mm-hmm. it's a relatively small company. And quite often we hear about these cyber attacks on large corporations rather than smaller companies. Yeah. I think it really is a wake-up call for all companies in Singapore, whether you are listed or not, that cybersecurity is um, a clear and present danger for everyone. And uh, you just can't take anything for granted. I'm sure Cole Brothers never expected to actually have a cyber attack and have somebody sort of attack their system and encrypt uh, a lot of their data. Uh, it, it is just unfathomable. But I think really it is a wake-up call for everyone uh, to be very aware and to make sure that whatever systems they have is secure then, Jen. 
Right. And let's zoom in on some other companies to watch. Uh, Mr. Ko, we've got some big names, right? Singtel secured its first green loan amounting to $535 million Sing dollars, um, over a five-year tenor. And we're looking at the loan from Singapore's trail of local banks and Stanchart. I think we're seeing something similar out of CDL as well. Got a $200 million British pounds, three-year sustainability-linked credit facility from OCBC as well. Any thoughts on the rise of interest in and also provision of such loans? Okay. Uh, I, I think in terms of Singtel, this is probably their first green loan that they've actually sort of received. Yeah. Uh, but in the case of uh, city development, I think they've actually sort of had uh, green loans previously. Yep. But it just goes to show that people, uh, companies in particular, are very aware of what is happening to the uh, uh, global environment and they want to make sure that uh, whatever systems they have in place are uh, sustainable and uh, is not going to damage the, uh, the, the environment. I think in the case of Singtel, they'll be using a lot of that money uh, for looking at their um, uh, data centers. And we know that data centers uses up a tremendous amount of energy. Yes. So whatever they can actually do to try and sort of uh, cap the amount of energy that they use and to actually reduce the amount of greenhouse, greenhouse gases that are actually sort of generated. We can't do without data centers. That is a given. But at the same time, we can do something about um, how uh, protected these uh, kind of centers are uh, as far as the environment is concerned. And I think also consumers want to put their money into something that is worthwhile. So uh, I don't know what is going to happen to these loads, uh, whether or not they're going to be sold off onto consumers in the future. But, you know, I, for one, would be looking at these kind of loans and say, I want to do something to make the planet a better place. And if there are some green loans available with attractive interest rates, I would certainly be having a look at them again. Right. And let's stay in Singapore. And Mr. Kuo, we've got the Singapore Exchange Regulation, or SGX RECO, launching new listing requirements for actively managed ETFs to meet evolving market needs. How does this pave the way for the listing of more active ETFs in the short term? I think it is vitally important, TNK. First of all, I, I think a lot of people, when they think about exchange-traded funds or ETFs, mm. they, they, their immediate thought is index trackers. So you have an index tracker that tracks the uh, Swiss Times Index. You have one that tracks, say, the KLCI, the Bursa Malaysia Index. Now, these are passive funds. In other words, they are not run by anybody in particular. Uh, in this particular case, what we're actually getting is actively managed ETFs. And I think, first of all, I think people need to be aware if they are going to be putting money into ETFs to differentiate between passive and active ETFs. That is number one. And number two, people do like ETFs at the moment. I think Singapore Exchange is doing the right thing, or Retco is doing the right thing in terms of having a look at uh, the regulations about listing these ETFs, because most of us are quite lazy. Yeah? <laughs> I mean, uh, we'd much rather go out and buy something rather than cook something at home. And I think this is pretty much the case with investing as well. People like ETFs, mm. and I think uh, it, more regulation is probably uh, important to ensure that whatever ETFs are listed on the exchange, number one, that they are transparent, and number two, that they are properly regulated. Yeah, yeah. 
If you're just tuning in, we're now in conversation with David Kuo, co-founder of Smart Investor. In the meantime, uh, Mr. Kuo, let's take a look at gold prices. Um, it hit a fresh record high today, and that's on a number mm. of things. Notably, that growing optimism that the Fed may cut interest rates in the new year, even after Jerome Powell's comments on Friday that hopes to temper expectations of rate cuts, which is not working. Um, how would you read into this? The $64,000 question. Uh, has uh, interest have interest rates peaked? I like the way you frame the question because you're not actually asking about gold. You're actually asking about interest rates, yeah? <laughs> and what my view about interest rates is. And the simple answer is I don't know. But mm. I think the general consensus is that perhaps interest rates are not going to go much higher than they are at the moment. Maybe the Federal Reserve at the moment is uh, considering the U.S. economy and maybe the global economy at the same time in the saying that if they do keep on in- increasing interest rates, that it could damage the economy. So the, the $64,000 question really is, um, what is the Federal Reserve's uh, remit? What mm-hmm. is its objective? Is it to control inflation or is it to ensure that the economy is stable? And it cannot do both things at once. Yeah. In other words, it cannot, it cannot walk and chew gum at the same time. So what is it going to do? If it takes its eye off the ball with regards to inflation and say that it's more concerned with the economy, then I think inflation could actually sort of take off again, which means that the Federal Reserve may have to increase interest rates. Uh, but I, I, I have this feeling that maybe interest rates aren't going to go that much higher, which is probably why, number one, uh, the U.S. dollar is going down, which in turn is that actually driving up uh, gold prices. So very interesting questions, yeah, and, and very nicely trained just to get you to say what's going to happen to interest rates. Right, and if I may pop an impromptu question here, Mr. Kuo, <laughs> gold is not the only thing that hit a record high uh, today. If we're looking at Bitcoin, it broken above the 40000 US dollar mark for the first time this year. Um, a number of factors as well. One is riding on the wave of momentum or optimism mm-hmm. about US interest rate cuts. The other factor has to do with the imminent approval of US stock market traded Bitcoin funds. Any initial thoughts? Well, okay. My, my initial thought is the Federal Reserve needs to be very careful. Yeah. I've said this so many times in the past, right? They look at consumer prices inflation, and they seem to think that that is the only thing that they need to consider. They need to also consider asset price inflation at the same time. Hmm. Uh, Some of of your listeners may not be aware, but the Dow Jones Industrial Index is only just a a few points away from an all-time high. So so, uh, it's not just... um, the, the stock market that is going up, but also uh, some of the fringe assets as well. So we're talking about, in this case, Bitcoin. We're also talking about um, uh, gold prices. And my big worry, of course, is that if interest rates have peaked, if interest rates start to come down, what is going to happen to asset prices? Are they going to start rising? In which case, we could see all-time highs for uh, the stock market, we could see gold rising. We could see Bitcoin rising. We may even see house prices starting to go up again. And how is that going to help the ordinary consumer, Tim? Hmm, right. And uh, before we let you go, Mr. Kuo, it is actually the first Monday of December. So let's mm-hmm. wrap up by talking about something that is perhaps more positive, which is uh, about Christmas presents. How about that? <laughs> November has been good to investors, particularly in the U.S., but do you think there'll be a correction soon? Will Santa Claus give us another rally in December? Can we unwrap any Christmas presents at the end of the month? 
PJ, you're asking the same question in a different guise <laughs> again. You're asking me, have interest rates peaked, right? So let's say we get some good numbers as far as the payrolls are concerned yes. at the end of this week. And uh, the, the general consensus then will be if the payroll numbers are good, right, uh, if unemployment uh, starts to rise a little, if, uh, if um, wages start to moderate a little, then uh, everybody will say, right, interest rates have peaked. In which case, we could very well see Santa Claus rally. Yeah? Some people are saying that the Santa Claus has already come early, uh, but uh, the Santa Claus rally generally happens towards the end of the year. The other thing to remember, Tian, is that the Santa Claus, Santa Claus rally is driven by fund managers because what they want to do is to close their books at the end of the year and present them to uh, their investors and say, didn't we have a good 2023? Now, if they think they've already got a 20, good 20, uh, 2023, they may very easily sort of close their books now and just say that it's good, it's as good as it's going to get, in which case we may not get a, a Santa Claus rally at all. But having said that, I am a long-term investor again, as you know, and I look for the next 10 years, and we'll probably get 10 Santa Claus rallies over the next 30 years. <laughs> right. And uh, it seems like we are always chasing after the Fed and trying to guess what they are up to. Yeah. And everyone is just revolving around them, isn't it? That's why all the questions somehow has to do with the <laughs> Fed at the end of the day. Well, thanks a lot, Mr. Kuo. That was David Kuo, co-founder of The Smart Investor. As always, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you, Ken Before acting on the information on Money FM. Please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance.